For the record, with Dan Gordon and Maya Billick on FBI Radio. For the record, kicking off your afternoon on FBI Radio 94.5. It's just hit midday, which is when we normally start, I'd like to think. Uh, Kicking it all off with a pretty big throwback, Falling by Haim. 
That's right. We're going to be going through their album. Days are gone right here on For The Record. So don't go anywhere. Indulge us retrospectively for the next hour. Let us know what you're thinking or just how much you like the record. If you didn't like it, 0409 945 945 is the number. Pretty big album. An album that I think has aged incredibly well. Um, and I say that as someone who initially wasn't as big a fan as maybe maybe an average Haim fan. I thought that they were... They're all right, but now I, I've grown to really, really love this album and love the songs, and I think that it's definitely some of the better um, indie pop music to come out of the 2010 era. I just really like that they were a family band. Yeah, I think and- that was really cute that they've they've kind of grown up their whole lives doing this thing, and now they're sharing the stage uh, as sisters. Yeah, so you mentioned um, a little bit earlier, Dan, that one of the reasons you didn't initially get behind them was because you thought there was a lot of hype surrounding the group. It wasn't even necessarily the, the hype around them. I feel like mo- the most things that kind of carry weight in the music industry inevitably have hype surrounding them. I, I think I just I wasn't really sure where to place them, and I, I, yeah. I didn't quite know exactly what they were going for, but I feel like... Maybe that was when the singles were released. And by the time that the album came out, I think that they kind of really found their feet and the whole thing really makes sense as a whole. And it's kind of hard to top that stretch of five songs that make out the the first half of the record. It's kind of like banger after banger after banger. Yeah, I, I mean, I so vividly remember the rollout of this record and how it was just such an impressive one story or angle if that's what you want to go with but just the way that they were preluding each single and eventually the release of the record with how they grew up making music together um, as a family in a family band with their parents which I guess a lot of people would maybe consider embarrassing and not something you'd necessarily want to put in your first press release but I think it's still a pretty impressive way of looking at things and is obviously something that still carries uh, Heim today they're they I mean obviously are still sisters but they go by their family name yeah I mean I think that that also could be one of the things that really really carried them is that they almost embraced that that level of cheesiness and and kind of went you know what like it's really not that big a deal we we rock out it's also very impressive how just how good they are in the live uh, yeah. format I think that that oh, was nuts. one of the things that really really um won me over was the fact that they absolutely slay uh, and can play all of their, I mean, lots of instruments, but all of their respective instruments really, really well. Yeah. So one of the reasons why we decided to do Heim this week was obviously because there is an album on the way. And so listening back to Days Are Gone after quite a bit of time, it's a bit of a trip to be able to think about all of the references now and how really this is... I guess, more impressive looking back on it because they were a band who you could pin down so many different points of time in music and different bands, for example, but it still is not necessarily the most unique thing you've ever heard, but they were able to make this sound their own. For example, the Fleetwood Mac influence is pretty big. Yeah, it's all over that. And and not that that's anything new, you know, like Fleetwood Mac have obviously been influencing music ever since they were a band. But I, I think that they... what My favourite thing about Haim is that they kind of took all of their influences, whether that be Vampire Weekend or whether that be Fleetwood Mac, and they've kind of run with them but never really wholeheartedly jumped into any of them. I, I feel like they've kind of scratched the surface but then made that sound completely their own. So that I think that's yeah another really big big factor and reason as to why I think that they, they've really kind of like come into their own as a band. Yeah, and I guess, like, you could kind of ride that whole family band line by then turning around and being an impressive live band like Haim are. It's incredible how they play live and how they play pretty much every instrument. Yeah, and I mean, also, aside from that, if we want to keep showering them with praise, the songs just kick ass. So on that note, we're going to jump right into a bit more of Days Are Gone by Haim, 2013 classic, I think is safe to say. This one's called Forever. Remember love, remember 
on For The Record. All tracks right there by Haim, as it is FBI's album show. My name is Maya Billick. I'm joined by Dan Gordon. The songs you heard were Forever, Right Into The Wire, and If I Could Change Your Mind. And my gosh, do these tracks still slap. Can we just uh, quickly talk about uh, Front Runner, in my opinion, of those three tracks, The Wire, Man, that is such a good pop song, and I think I think I might have mentioned it before, but that was definitely the track that won me over and retained my listenership as a fan of Haim. One of the main things that really stands out across the record, beyond the songwriting and beyond the beyond their years level of musicianship and talent, and the fact that they can play a whole lot of different instruments and sound so brilliant together as a band, as a three-piece. Um, What really sticks out on Days Are Gone is, of course, the production. Now, the album is produced by Ariel Retschard, who has been dubbed since probably one of the best indie producers of the 2010s. What do you think of that claim, Dan? Yeah, I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, you know, you see his work that he's done with Rostam and um, with Vampire Weekends and kind of a, a whole bunch of other acclaimed indie acts. He's kind of flipping the genre on its head and really kind of bending and pushing the boundaries on what production in modern indie rock can be. And I think this was definitely one of the albums that started that. You know, you hear it on songs like My Song 5 and Forever, where he's kind of, he's doing things just a little bit differently. Obviously, nothing too crazy. You know, he's not like reinventing the wheel, but yeah. I think he what what he's done is that little subtle touch, that tiny sheen over every kind of track, like little trademark REL production techniques and tweaks that really differentiate his style from, you know, like any kind of other person doing music production right now. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's pretty easy to have made something like this sound super unintentionally if it wasn't done, not properly, but it takes a special kind of producer, I think, to have made a record like this sound as glossed as it does. Yeah, and I think he also he also really gives the, the tracks room to breathe, which I think is super important in terms of this album. Because the songs are so fast-paced, there's so much going on, they're really kind of like snappy. If he didn't do that, it would the whole thing would kind of sound a little bit claustrophobic. So I'm glad that he kind of gave the tracks that little bit of life. Yeah, uh, for reference, at the time, Ariel was also producing um, records for Vampire Weekend. He also produced the most recent Vampire Weekend album. He also worked with Sky Ferreira on her record. So all around an excellent producer. Um, it's nice to see there since are still keeping things in the family in that sense. Yeah, which I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that continuity. I think that if, if it works, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, it, it, there's no point. And, and I mean, I understand people wanting to venture out and try new things, but I feel like, in my opinion, once you find, you know, that connection with a, a producer or an engineer, it's like, build on that and keep progressing from there. I feel, and I feel like this is the, the Heim sound, if you want to go past this record, is kind of testament to that. And I feel like, especially with the new track, Summer Girl, I feel like they've really found their kind of form and glue together. And I'm, it's, I'm kind of excited to see where Haim progressed to post, you know, all of this stuff. Yeah, and this is not at all to sound like we're implying that Haim have jacked the whole sound of Fleetwood Mac. But the fact that working with a producer and also that Haim have been able to write songs, first and foremost, that like we touched on before, you can pick apart the influences but sound entirely their own. Yeah, I don't think that they're jacking Fleetwood Mac sound at all. I mean, obviously it's a big influence, but I feel like everyone has influences and the songs definitely, you know, hold up and stand on their own two feet. They don't rely on any of that uh, nostalgia from 70s rock to kind of carry them through. No, they re- yeah, and I think all. having a producer like Ariel on board definitely helps with that because, you know, maybe some other producer might have said, oh, cool, so we're doing like a throwback Fleetwood Mac thing. Nah. He's forward-thinking enough and so uh the the women in Haim forward-thinking enough to be like we want to do that but let's flip it on its head and try something new probably tired of doing all the rock classics in the family band growing up <laughs> yeah but I think that those those kind of things are like really important touchstones to to the Haim sound and I definitely think they're not shying away from that but I think they're doing they're going about it in the right way in like paying respect to people that they really like and influence them, but, you know, never relying on that as a crutch. 
If you've just tuned in, this is For The Record, uh, the FBI radio album show, we like to call it. Over an hour every week, we get the chance to unpack a full album from start to finish. This week, it's Days Are Gone by Haim. We just cannot anticipate their new album any harder. We're ringing in celebrations a little earlier by revisiting their debut record, which we've been going through today. Let us know what you're getting up to on 0409945945. If you're liking the record, if you're not liking the record, what are your thoughts? Everything around and in between, let us know. Yeah, tell us what your favourite song is. What was the moment when you first found Heim? We want to hear from you. And without further ado, it's Honey and I. i 
are gone right there up the very top you heard honey and i and then don't save me sandwiched in the middle there you're tuned in to for the record here on fbi radio 94.5 we've been listening two days are gone by heim which came out all the way back in 2013 so it's kind of nice to revisit it seven or so years later and i must say it has held up pretty damn well yes it has and when i think back to when i first heard it I remember being really struck by obviously how how much it appealed to me in my feeble indie music only brain, but also looking back now on how poppy it actually really is. Yeah, and I think it's it's really it was an interesting album to come out back in 2013. I don't think many people were kind of making that kind of music that was as in debt to old school rock as it was to pop music. I feel like that kind of fusion was not a new thing but it definitely wasn't something that was being touched upon too much in popular music um i think that they not that fleetwood mac are uh, uh, inherently uncool influence but they're definitely like a they weren't the trendiest thing that you could be drawing inspiration from at the time yeah you would definitely not that it was it maybe it was uncool but not that you would have gotten attacked or anything for saying you were a fleetwood mac fan but I think after this album and what Haim have done as fans of Fleetwood Mac and how they have repackaged that as an influence and inspiration is probably part of the reason that, you know, like rumours is still sold day in, day out kind of thing. Yeah. Our producer Kyle said something really interesting that um, this album does for Fleetwood Mac what the suburbs did for Bruce Springsteen in the same way that Bruce Springsteen is not necessarily uncool. But it definitely, like, them, him kind of being referenced that heavy on such a big album as The Suburbs really kind of vamped up that, you know, taking inspiration from these things isn't uncool, it's fine. And you can, and, and I think that both of these albums, and, and obviously many albums aside from these two, but these two albums are really good examples of how kind of music in the last, you know, seven years has, has really kind of, broadened its horizons and and you can take influence from anything and and i i I really feel like in 2020 nothing is off limits anymore you can kind of you can do whatever you want and as long as you're doing it in an interesting progressive cool way it's gonna sound fine i mean i guess what's probably the most outstanding part on that is more so that yeah not that 
these kind of influences were uncool, but in fact, how they were able to make it translate to a quote-unquote mainstream audience who not wouldn't have been across something like that, but it was able to be done so overtly and people didn't react to it in a way it was like... Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, like I I hadn't really extensively listened to Fleetwood Mac back in 2013 when this record came out. Obviously, I'd heard songs, but I definitely wasn't a fan. But then knowing that this album took influence from that kind of made me go, oh, maybe I should go back and check out, you know, the bulk of Fleetwood Mac's discography. And I feel like these kind of records are are really good bridges to kind of go back and, and figure out, oh, that's exactly where they're taking that sound from, you know, not in a stealing way, just in like a a little lack of a, a tip of the hat. Yeah, and I guess indicative of as well some of the same things that Vampire Weekend were doing. If you want to hear a similar kind of more picking apart at the cool and uncool conversation, you should listen back to our spotlight of Father of the Bride on For the Record at fbiradio.com. Just click on the programs page and you can listen back there or wherever you grab your podcasts from. We're going to head into a little bit more of the Heim Record. Days are gone. You're tuned into For the Record here on FBI Radio 94.5. This track, My Song 5. I found it hard Tried to reserve I'll get it right When I am Oh, 
songs is what you heard by Heim kicking off with my song five into go slow and let me go I'm afraid it's time for us to wrap up here on for the record we've been going through the debut album by Heim days are gone talking about indie rock in the 2010s um, production how Fleetwood Mac is actually really cool unironically and maybe how there is some kind of correlation between Heim and the constant sale of rumours in record stores. If you want to get in touch for the record at fbiradio.com is the spot to do so or you can hit us up on Instagram for the record FM is the handle but on that note we will see you next week. Of course though here on FBI we've always got you covered with the best new music and lunch is right up around the bend so don't go anywhere to get you there. Running if you call my name by Heim See you next week. Hey.